Ephesians chapter 5, look at verse 15. It says, See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Therefore do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not be drunk with wine, in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in the fear of God. Um, So this starts off with this command. Uh, See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. And so if you guys remember, oh, I forgot to do a little PowerPoint. Uh, If you guys remember in verse 14, he said, Awake you who sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. Uh, And so because of verse 14, now he says, uh, he says, see then that you walk circumspectly. So the word circumspectly, it carries the idea of walking diligently, walking accurately um, and, and carefully. And so you and I are to have a walk that is a careful walk, a diligent walk, one that is accurate, right? We're keeping our eye on Jesus. We're looking onto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. <clears throat> and Paul simply saying, he's saying, watch your step, right? Watch where we're, we're walking. We're to watch our steps and how we walk physically. And so why wouldn't we watch our steps where we're walking spiritually? It's the same thing. So there's no difference. And the truth is, none of us walk with our eyes closed. Actually, correction. <laughs> My two sons, they run around the whole house and they've got their eyes open, but there's toys on the floor and they're like, and they're or they hit the table it's like boom it's like oh how did you not see it it's always been right there so we're to walk circumspect in fact yesterday um i was at jeremy Lindbergh's house he was helping me doing some wiring on my truck and uh i I got knelt down and i'm talking and i knelt straight up and the garbage can was right there and boom banged my head i was like oh i wasn't walking so circumspectly (laughs) So, but uh, anyways, I don't know why I even said that, but um, to, so wisdom says we are to basically watch where we're going, right? And, and to walk carefully, to walk diligently. And why? Because we don't want to stumble other people. And that's the whole point there. We want to be, be a blessing to the body of Christ, right? We want to edify them. We want to build them up. And we are to be wise and we're not to be foolish in our walks with the Lord, And so there's three things that we're going to look at uh, that involve walking circumspectly that we're going to look at tonight. Uh, Number one, if you're taking notes, it involves redeeming the time, redeeming the time. In verse 16, it says, redeeming the time because the days are evil. So one way we walk diligently, carefully, accurately, if you will, is redeeming the the time by redeeming the time and that word redeem by the way it's only used four times in the new testament and it carries the idea of buying back purchasing 
or, or paying uh, the ransom to attain something in return. And so we are to buy back or purchase the time, if you will. And you and I, have, we all have, you know, what, 24 hours in a day, right? All of us. And, and, but the Greek word here is not the word for chronos, right? That, that chronologic, uh, chronology. Um, it's not speaking of hours and minutes of actual time, you know, the chronological sequence of time. But it's speaking of uh, this word time right here is kairos. So it speaks of a season of, a, of time, a period of time, an epic of time, if you will. And during the season of time that we're in right now, currently, we're to use it to buy back every opportunity to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with the lost, with those around us, with our neighbors. And wherever we're going, whatever we're doing, I think the Lord is granting us opportunity to share with those. Right now, there's a lot of people that are frightened. A lot of people's hearts um, I mean, if, if you're a Christian and you're already on edge, imagine those that don't have the Holy Spirit. I mean, we got the great comforter, right? And uh, so we, we are to be those, the light to this world, right? And um, we're to go out there and share with those people. Right now is a great opportunity. People are listening, and that's a wonderful, wonderful time. Um, but uh, either or, I think, you know, social media is a great opportunity. I think... Um, Whatever ways you guys can encourage one another is a good thing. You know, call people during this time, uh, encourage one another, pray with one another. Um, and notice, by the way, let's go back to our text here. Notice the motive behind redeeming the time. In verse 16, uh, it's not because time is short, uh, though obviously that is true, but it's because the days are evil, right? So the word for evil speaks of the attacks of the evil one, Satan himself, right, At the, to the church. Why? Because Satan is on a rampage. He's, he's, he comes to do nothing else but to steal, kill, and to destroy. And uh, I also understand that redeeming the time, it also means not wasting time. I remember uh, in California when I was in Bible college, actually, the worst of all times right the times I should be studying I actually started playing a video game and it took my time it didn't take all my time but it took a majority of time that I didn't realize a couple you know two three hours a day and I was like oh man all that time I could have been studying like ah and and I know there's so much stuff out there in the world that's just vanity it's a waste of time right now there's no time to waste time right now is the time to redeem uh, to buy back if you will uh, but guys, time is short. In James chapter 4, verse 14 makes it very clear. It says, Whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time, and then it vanishes away. So we can redeem the time that was taken by being faithful wherever we are, to share with others of what Jesus has done for you and I. Um, we said there's three things about walking circumspectly. Number one, it involves redeeming the time. Number two, it involves the will of the Lord. The will of the Lord. Notice in verse 17, it says, Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. So it's interesting grammar here, by the way, that Paul is using. He says, therefore, so because of verse 16, right, um, because the days are evil, as a result of that, do not be unwise. Today is not the time to be unwise. The grammar in that phrase, do not be unwise, carries the fact that we are already 
being unwise, right? So he says, but, and that's a wonderful contrast that he's using right here in the Greek, very powerful in the Greek language, but understand, and so in other words, stop being unwise and begin to understand, right? So understand, this word right here is a compound word in the Greek, and it means to bring together, right? And so it speaks about bringing together what you know and what you uh, what you do, right? And so it speaks of that practical application of what you know that you, what you ought to be doing. And so that, that's this word understanding. Stop being unwise and put into practice. Stop doing whatever, um, whatever it is you are doing, and start doing the will of God in your life, right? Whatever God's will is in verse 17. And by the way, there's two things about God's will. Obviously, we can go all night, maybe all day tomorrow and all week long, maybe all month long, talking about the, God's will and what his will is according to scripture. Uh, but I kind of handpicked two major things that I saw uh, that are very important. I think I'm going to want to go over that tonight. Number one is the will of God involves his specific will. Um, his specific will. If you got your Bibles, turn to 1 Thessalonians uh, chapter 4. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Um, if you don't have your Bible Bible, um, I should say click to First <laughs> Thessalonians 4 if you're on your computer. Uh, but to know the will of the Lord, we need to know the word of God, right? If you want to know God's will for your life, specifically, uh, you got to know his general, the word of God. And so because his will is clearly written in the word. First um, Thessalonians chapter 4, look at verse 3. It says, for this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you should abstain from sexual immorality. So sanctification means what? Set, being set apart, right? We're to be consecrated. One aspect of God's will is that you and I be different from the rest of the world and abstain from sexual immorality. That's one way we know we're walking in the will of God, that we're abstaining. When it comes on and it, whatever, you know, place that you're in, abstain from it. Kind of like Joseph. He was in a position uh, and he he left, right? Pharaoh's wife. He just ran out of there. Goodbye. But that, that includes also what's going on in your mind. You see, uh, we, can, we can sin in our mind even if we don't uh, uh, do anything physically. Uh, it's not just about the action, but about the attitude. Uh, Jesus said in Matthew 5, verse 27, he says, You have heard that it was said to those of old, You shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that whoever looks at a woman to lust for her has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Uh, also in Matthew 5.21, he says, You have heard that it was said of those of old, You shall not murder, and whoever murders will be in danger of the judgment. But I say to you that whoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment. So um, clearly, uh, we got to be careful with the motive, our hearts, and what's going on in our minds. Turn with me to First Thessalonians, if you're still there, uh, in chapter 5, verse 18. First Thessalonians 5, verse 18. It says, In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Hey, you want to know God's will for your life? 
Give him thanks. Give the Lord thanks in everything, and you'll know that you're in God's will. Uh, that's just amazing. Go turn with me to 1 Peter. Go all the way to the back. 1 Peter chapter 4. Um, as we are in the word of God, we will know the will of God and don't even, uh, we don't even need to pray about it since obviously we just read about it. You get to, get to read God's word and you'll know what God's will is. It's very, very clear. First Peter chapter four, look at verse one. It says, therefore, since Christ suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves also with the same mind for we I'm sorry, for he who has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin, that he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh for the lust of men, but for the will of God. So there's a a change of direction from the lifestyle that we used to live. We used to run after everything that was uh, our own lust, right? Our own passions. But now redirect that passion, if you will, and and now begin to walk after the will of God for your lives. Um, Living after the spiritual things instead of the physical things, right? And in 1 John chapter 2, verse 17, it says, And the world is passing away, and the lust of it, but he who does the will of God abides forever. So we need to know the word of God if we want to know the will of God in our lives. And that's why we teach the word of God, you know, chapter by chapter, verse by verse here at Calvary Chapel. We go through Genesis through Revelation. We want to give you the whole counsel of God so that you are advised, that you know that you are, you've been warned, uh, you've been taught, you've been trained, you've been equipped with the word of God. And now you can go, therefore, into all the world, right? And, and make disciples and, and, and present the gospel. So um, let's come back to Ephesians. Um, we're going to be using our Bibles tonight. Ephesians chapter 5. Um, the second thing we want to look at is his perfect will. It's his perfect will. In fact, turn, I'm sorry, turn back to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. Um, you, you see, God's word is very specific. You might be looking for something like, you know, where do I live or where do I work or, you know, what, who do I marry or... Um, there's specific questions that people have, pretty legit in life, uh, and you don't know God's will for you in those situations. And we all want to be in God's perfect will as it pertains to the decisions that we want we make in our lives. Um, so, what is involved in God's perfect will for our lives? Uh, number one, it involves our bodies and our minds, our bodies and our minds. Paul tells us in Romans 12, look at verse 1, it says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. It's, our, it's, it's the least that we can do, our act of worship, if you will. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. There it is. You want to know the perfect will of God? It's clearly laid out for you and I. So if we're living for the Lord with our bodies in verse 1, and we're thinking about the Lord in our mind in verse 2, then he will direct 
We'll be directed by the Lord, uh, and he'll bring us into his perfect will. I think that's, oh, amen, amen to that. Push amen right now and push send. There you go. <laughs> um, turn to Luke chapter 8. Luke chapter 8. I want to show you guys something. Um, this doesn't always mean right away or that uh, we'll, we'll arrive immediately, right? When the Lord uh, teaches us his will, there's something that I notice that he does in my life personally and practically he teaches me patiently (laughs) or it's like Josh I want you to do this and it's like all right let's go do it right but wait wait a minute it's not going to be that easy right sometimes you know he'll say okay go to the other side but he doesn't tell you that the storms are coming right he's planning all of that with you know he's having fun but he wants to test us and something I notice about teachers during a test is they're silent Right? You're like, Lord, why am I going through this? What am I? And you're not hearing from the Lord. Why? Because he's, he wants you to walk by faith. He wants you to trust him. He wants to be your, he wants to be in charge of your life, right? He wants to lead you and guide you and be, he's a shepherd. He's a great, good shepherd. And so that's something that's awesome about the Lord. But most of the time, God, um, He's going to get us through, though. He just wants us to walk by faith. And God, you know, I think of the, the children of Israel. God told them, uh, you know, get out of Egypt and go to the promised land, to which I'll, I'll, I'll bring you to. And so what could have, should have been one day's journey ended up being 40 years. <laughs> did God provide? Uh, obviously. Did, did God watch over them? Sure did, by night and by day. Did he lead them? Yeah, he did, right? He, he guided them and he had a plan for them. Um, but man, sometimes it, it's not always, you know, really easy in our mindsets. Um, in Luke chapter 8, if you're there in Luke chapter 8, look at verse 22. Luke chapter 8, verse 22, it says, Now it happened on a certain day that Jesus, he got into a boat with his disciples and he said to them, let us cross over to the other side of the lake. And they launched out, but as they sailed, he fell asleep, and a windstorm came down. That's hilarious. He fell asleep. He's like, oh, let's make this a little interesting, right? He just made it a little comical. I'm just, I'm going to fall asleep. I just, I think that's hilarious. It says, and they were, they're, uh, They were filling with water and were in jeopardy, and they came to him and awoke him, saying, Master, Master, we're perishing. Then he arose and he rebuked the wind and the raging of the water, and they ceased, and there was a calm. But he said to them, Where is your faith? And, and they were afraid and they marveled, saying to one another, Who can this be? For he commands even the winds and the water, and they obey him. Wow. Man, I don't know about you guys, but I always assume if God calls me to something or somewhere, I assume that he's going to get me from point A to point B safely. <laughs> but that's not always the case. I, I think that's interesting how the Lord gives us a... a an adventurous lifestyle, right? Being a Christian, it's it's a dangerous route, but uh, it's it's interesting that though we might be looking like we're in danger, living in danger, we're not in danger at all because we have we have Jesus with us, right? And and He's watching over us. Um, you know, did the disciples make it to the other side? Yes, they definitely did, right? So too with you and I. And I understand, you know, that. Uh, 
God is working in our lives and it's for our benefit. That's something that we got to understand. When God is doing a test, when he's working in our lives, uh, it's for our own benefit to mature us, right? To build us up, to edify us, right? To cause us to put our, all of our faith in him. And, and so we can finish well according to his perfect will. And so, uh, man, I'm just, I, I'm grateful for what the Lord is, uh, is doing in us and especially what he's doing in our world today and what's happening but uh, let's come to the third thing in walking circumspectly Uh, number one we said it was redeeming the time number two it's the will of the lord number three it involves being filled with the holy spirit Uh, in verses 18 to 21 it says in verse 18 and do not be drunk with wine in which is dissipation, but be filled with the spirits. So the command is at the end of verse 18. Uh, by the way, it's the only imperative, right? And it says, be filled with the spirits. So look carefully at the first part of verse 18. Uh, it's, it's talking about dis- dissipation, right? That's the depravity or, you know, uh, worldly living um, or living a wasteful life. Uh, being at a, in a place in our lives where we're just out of control. That's kind of what the wording is talking about there. Um, turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. We're going to be in 1 Corinthians a little bit here. Um, but people want to know, you know, if it's okay to drink alcohol, right? Um, hey, listen, you, you should ask yourself, should you drink Alcohol. I think that's the more proper uh, question that you should, you know, ask yourself. Should you, right? Don't don't need to ask me before we do anything. I, I think we should consider uh, a couple of questions in our own hearts, right? Before you consider to do something. In fact, if you even have to ask, I think that's the answer, right? There's already some kind of like, I don't know if I should. This is a gray area. I'm not sure if I should do it or not. Then don't do it. Right? <laughs> to me, it's simple. But the the first question that that I would uh, pose to you to ask is, is it helpful? Is it helpful? Uh, Notice in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, look at verse 12. The beginning of verse 12 says, all things are lawful for me, but all things are not helpful. So of course you can do anything you want, but is is it going to be uh, of any profit, spiritually speaking, to you or to anybody else, right? Is it going to help you in your walk with the Lord? Um, second question is, is it addictive? Uh, in 1 Corinthians 6, look at the rest of verse 12. It says, all things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. Um, so, is what I'm about to do going to bring me into its power? Uh, is it going to bring me into bondage? Is it going to make me uh, addicted to it, right? Uh, the third question is, does it stumble others? Does it stumble others? Turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 8. 1 Corinthians chapter 8. Look at verse 9. Does it stumble others? It says in 1 Corinthians 8, 9, um, But beware lest somehow this liberty of yours becomes a stumbling block to those who are weak. So if you say, man, I could do whatever I want, who cares? Well, I think the answer to that question is those around you 
are the ones who care. They care for you. And, and it becomes sin when you choose to have that type of attitude, right? And then you stumble those that are weak. Uh, and that's a dangerous place to be in. You, 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 you left your first love, if you will, right? And what are we doing if we're believers? Um, we ought to be pleasing to the Lord. We ought to be walking in his perfect love, right? We're to be, that's the whole te- context of this whole passage is to be different than the rest of the world, and, and it's by God's grace that <laughs> he will give you the strength uh, that you need uh, at those times. But in Romans chapter 14, verse 21, it says, It is good neither to eat meat nor drink wine nor do anything by which your brother stumbles or is offended or is made weak. And so we need to be observant uh, to those around us and watchful um, uh, for those around us as well, that we might edify and build up and not stumble uh, another believer. Uh, that's a scary place to be in. The last question is, um, is it glorifying? Is it glorifying? Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 10. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 is whatever you're going to do, going to bring glory to God, whether it's drinking, smoking, you name it, whatever it might be. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31, it says, Therefore, whether you eat or drink, or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. That's the whole point. We got to be doing on to the glory of God. Understand that anything that alters your mind, it gives entrance to the enemy in your, your heart and in your mind. And so nobody has ever said that to me that, hey, you know, man, drinking alcohol has really improved my life. And man, I'm so blessed. And man, my life is glorious. I love it. I can't believe it. Ever since I picked up that and I started drinking it and got drunk, oh, it just changed my life. I don't know about you guys. Anybody else? No, no, nobody else in this whole sanctuary has heard that. <laughs> But uh, in fact, I, what I hear is, man, I, I, I lost my spouse, or I, I lost my children, or I lost my house, I lost my job, and what it is, because it brings you under its bondage, it bosses you around, it pulls you, it pushes you, it doesn't care for you, right? And so why keep be bringing yourself back into captivity? It's like the, the children of Israel getting out of Egypt, they're getting whipped on their backs and pushed around, carrying heavy blocks and stuff you know at least the, the movies that I saw <laughs> and 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 yet they're out in the you know in the, in the desert and they're saying man let's go back to Egypt what don't do that right oh I get so when I read that passage I'm like ah but um turn to Proverbs um, chapter 20 Proverbs chapter 20 I want to show you something here let's see what the Bible has to say about this Proverbs chapter 20 Look at verse 1. It says, Wine is a mocker, strong drink is a brawler, and whoever is led astray by it is not wise. Right? Same thing that Paul is talking about in knowing what the will of the Lord is and start putting into practice this whole idea of walking circumspectly. And, and for sure, one area is not being intoxicated. Don't even get near it, I would say, personally. Um, in fact, turn to Proverbs chapter 23. Proverbs 23, look at verse 19. It says, Hear, my son, and be wise. There's our key word. Be wise and guide your heart in the way. 
Do not mix with wine bibbers or with gluttonous eaters of meats, for the drunkard and the glutton will come to poverty, and drowsiness will clothe a man with rags. So there it is again. And remember, Paul said there are two types of people. There's the wise people and there's the foolish people. And uh, in fact, let's keep reading. Look at Proverbs 23. Look at verse 29. It says, who has woe? Who has sorrow? Who has contentions? Who has complaints? Who has wounds without cause? Who has redness of eyes? Those who linger long at the wine. Those who go in search of mixed wine. Do not look on the wine when it is red. When it sparkles in the cup. When it swirls around smoothly. At the last it bites like a serpent. And it stings like a viper. Your eyes will see strange things. And your heart will utter perverse things. Yes you will be like one who lies down in the midst of the sea. Or like one who lies at the top of the mast. Saying they have struck me but I was not hurt. They have beaten me but I did not feel it. When shall I awake that I may seek another drink? Guys, nothing good ever comes from drinking alcohol. In fact, turn with me back to 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 6. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Look at verse 9. 1 Corinthians 6 verse 9. It says, Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, there it is, nor revilers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. Man, because of this verse, this is the reason why I encourage people just stay away from it. Why? Because it can lead your entire soul separated from God for all eternity. That's a scary place to be. And, and all because of drinking alcohol? Are you kidding me? Well, that's what the Bible says. That those who are taken away with it and become drunkards. Right now, people are drinking uh, more than ever because of the circumstance, uh, because they're depressed. But did you guys know that alcohol is a depressant? It's going to make you even more depressed. Stay away from it, right? It's going to ruin your life. Don't even bother with it. Throw it out. Flush it down wherever it's got to go. But get it away from your family. It's ruined families. It's ruined lives. Um, and I don't know how many times I wish I can just keep going and going, but um, I won't. But let's go back to our text here. Let's go back to Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 5. Notice the great contrast in verse 18. It says, but be filled with the Spirit. Big contrast there. Be filled with the Spirit. There's two things about being filled with the Spirit. Uh, number one, it's not optional for believers. It's not optional. In, in the Greek, be filled is in the imperative. In other words, it's a command. And so it's in the present tense. We're, we're commanded to continually, um, uh, constantly, be filled with the Holy Spirit. And it's in the present tense as well. We're commanded to uh, be with the Lord. So it's, it's, secondly, it's not something that we accomplish 
in and of ourselves. Um, it's, it's in what we call the passive voice as well. Uh, this filling of the Holy Spirit is an action that we received outside of ourselves, in spite of ourselves, right? So the moment we gave our hearts to Jesus Christ, we were indwelt by the Holy Spirit. Uh, Romans 8, 11, Acts uh, um, 532, 1 Corinthians 3.16, chapter 6, verse 19. The, the Bible makes it just very, very clear and very obvious um, that the Holy Spirit dwells within the believer. But at that moment of salvation, or shortly after, we, we receive the Holy Spirit, but it, he's also overflowing uh, out of us. And so, as Jesus said in Acts 1, verse 8, he says, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be my be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea Samaria and to the end of the world and the earth so that filling of the Holy Spirit doesn't just happen once uh, in, in in the present tense in Acts chapter 4 Peter was filled with the Holy Spirit Acts chapter 6 Stephen was filled with the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 20 Paul was filled with the Holy Spirit and so you and I are constantly Constantly, uh, continually being filled with the Holy Spirit. And it's something we simply receive from the Lord. And it's something I would encourage you all to pray and ask the Lord. In James, he says, you, you, um, you have not because you ask not, right? And so um, pray and, and, and seek the Lord on that. So being filled with the Holy Spirit means being controlled uh, really by the Holy Spirit. And so that's the whole point here. Um, now, there's four things in the context there that we want to note as a result of being filled with the Holy Spirit in verses 19 to 21. The, the four things that follow verse 18 are called participles, right? So that they, uh, they tell us but the byproduct, if you will, of the results of being obedient to this command. And so things that will happen if we're controlled, if we really are controlled, and, and, and give our hearts and, and allow Christ to abide in our lives, um, by the Holy Spirit. Number one, it will result in how we speak to others. In verse 19, it will, re it will result in how we speak to others. Uh, it says in verse 19, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Uh, and notice carefully, Paul says, speaking to one another right we don't sing to one another although that would be awesome right god bless you how are you <laughs> now i'm doing well how are you right? it doesn't say sing to one another so that's kind of good on my part you guys got a glimpse of how i sound um pray for me but um uh, turn turn to first peter uh, by the way we got an amazing uh worship team um and i'm so grateful that that the gift that god's given them First um, Peter chapter 4, by the way, this passage in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 19, in the Living Translation, I'll just read it to you as you're flipping there, it says, talk with each other much about the Lord, quoting psalms and hymns and singing sacred songs, making music in your hearts to the Lord. Uh, and and uh, one way we, we do this is not only physically, uh, obviously, uh, but another way we can do this, even if we're at home uh, and, and, you know, you're stuck at home maybe, um, is using social media, right? Uh, you know, quote scripture to, on there or, or send, you know, hymns and songs, you know, uh, about the Lord and about scripture. And it's just a beautiful thing when we do that. 
um, call each other and encourage one another in that area. But 1 Peter chapter 4, look at verse 11. It says, If anyone speaks, let him speak as the oracles of God. If anyone ministers, let him do it as with the ability which God supplies, that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belong the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Amen. So our conversation should always be centered around Jesus Christ, right? It should be encouraging and uh, uplifting and edifying one another as the body of Christ. So secondly, it's going to result in singing to ourselves. We're going to sing to ourselves. Notice in verse 19, go back to Ephesians. um, It says, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. So because you're filled with the Holy Spirit, there's going to be joy in your hearts, right? And joy will be manifested uh, by us. We'll be walking around humming and singing with that smile on our face, right? Just singing to the Lord. Uh, And if you're trying to find peace and contentment in the on intoxicating things of this world, you're never going to find it, right? It's always going to leave you dry and you're always going to be coming up empty. There's going to be a void, if you will, uh, in your life. And so the world can only provide happiness, right? The word happy, uh, happy stance, right? Because of the circumstance. Uh, But we have the joy of the Lord in our hearts. In spite of our circumstance, we can be uh, delighted in the Lord. And it's just, it's an amazing time. Uh, and just knowing that we're going to have, we have salvation in the Lord. We're going to be going to heaven. I mean, that's joy enough, right? <laughs> like, that's amazing. Um, but third, let's come to the third thing here. It involves giving thanks. Notice in verse 20, it says, giving thanks always for all things to God, the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So we're to be filled with the Spirit And if we are filled with the Spirit, we'll give thanks at all times in everything, right? That the Spirit, uh, as he's going to fill our hearts, even though, you know, we might be falling apart and collapsing and just like, ah, um, he is able to come to our aid and minister our hearts. I, I think of Job, man, he lost it all, right? His family, his house, everything that he had, his possessions. And still, what could he say? He still can say thank you to the Lord. Man, it's, it's the Lord who gives. It's the Lord who can take away. And you know what? He's going he's gonna to bless the Lord no matter what. Um, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18, again, it says, In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. This is, this is uh, his will in our lives uh, that should be manifested in our lives through the gratefulness of just saying thank you. Um, the fourth and last thing, and we'll end with this, it is it involves submitting. Submitting in verse 21. Uh, it says, submitting to one another in the fear of God. So here's the fourth participle. This is the result of being filled with the Holy Spirit. Uh, this word submitting, uh, hupatasso. So it's a military term, carries the idea of, uh, or the idea of being put under, or to be in subjection to or falling in line. So it's simply, you know, giving our will 
up to God's will, right? We're sacrifice. We're being a, a Romans chapter twelve, right? A living sacrifice, and we're living onto the Lord, holy, consecrated, set apart, right? Away from the Lord, uh, or I'm sorry, the world, and onto the Lord, and and it, and it, uh, we're to submit to. And by the way, the context here. Um, is also dealing with marriage, and we're going to get to that. Lord willing, we'll be in heaven next week. But if we're not, <laughs> we'll be we'll be going through this passage uh, on marriage. I'm super excited about that. Uh, but we're to submit to one another in the fear of the Lord, right? Not in the fear of your spouse or in the fear of your employer, but <laughs> in the fear of the Lord. As we're fearing the Lord, as we're in awe of God, as we're in the Word of God, as we're in prayer, man, there's something healthy happening that God is doing. He's up and he's working uh, and building and he's, he's maturing you and it's, a, it's an amazing amazing time uh, this word submission involves the fear of the Lord so not the uh, the fear of anybody else and there's so much to talk about the fear of the Lord um, but um, I want to save it for later I know I kind of flew through this but um, that's basically it I pray you guys are encouraged and uh, <laughs> we continue to go through the word here. There's, there, there is a lot here, um, but I don't want to beat you guys up. I know it says, you know, like in verse 18, do not be drunk with wine, uh, in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. And uh, I've, I've heard so many teachings where they just beat people up over and over. And um, I, I think the, the Lord can bring that sweet conviction. And there's just that sweet choice in your heart where a person just says, you know what? I'm going to obey God. I'm going to take heed to what I just heard, and I'm going to uh, obey what the word of God says. I'm going to understand his word, and thus you're going to understand his will, right, And for your life, and you're going to walk in his ways, and you're going to be pleasing to the Lord. And as you are pleasing to the Lord, man, you're walking on high hills, aren't you? It's, it's like, man, when, when you fall into sin and you know you're in sin, Man, it's a horrible lifestyle to live as a Christian because you're like this. You're just, you're burdened and you're broken and you're, you're weighed down because of the sin in your life. But when you choose to just let it go and you rely on God's grace and you hand it to the Lord at the cross and, and you just see what the Lord wants to do, it's a beautiful thing. And so I pray we're encouraged. I know it's, it kind of seems like, man, it's, but we need that as the church, don't we? Imagine going to church all your life and not getting corrected as, 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 as the church. I've seen kids that have not been corrected. It's like, man, you parents, you know, like, oh, oh, correct your kids already. Oh, but um, we, I'm thankful that the Lord is able to correct us. And so let's pray and uh, let's give it to the Lord. Lord, thank you so much for this time. Thank you for your word. And uh, may we be obedient to your word. Lord, you said um, to be filled with your spirit, Lord. And it was uh, a command for our, our mindset, Lord, to be alert, to be watchful, uh, to be careful in where we're walking spiritually. And so at this time, uh, Lord, I pray you grant us discernment. To those who are searching online, looking for uh, sermons, and uh, I pray that you grant us your Holy Spirit. Fill us with your Spirit, Lord. Direct us and guide us that we might not be led to false teachers or to be led towards the world, uh, but to be led closer to your heart, Lord, that we might um, live and breathe, Lord, to, to glorify you, to honor you, Lord, to have a passion, a desire, Lord, to continually worship you in our hearts. 
And so may we obey uh, what your word says. And I'm just so grateful, so thankful, Father, that you have allowed us, Lord, to, to even hear this message today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Next week, but if we're not, <laughs> we'll, be, we'll be going through this passage uh, on marriage. I'm super excited about that. Uh, but we're to submit to one another in the fear of the Lord, right? Not in the fear of your spouse or in the fear of your employer, but <laughs> in the fear of the Lord. As we're fearing the Lord, as we're in awe of God, as we're in the word of God, as we're in prayer, man, there's something healthy happening that God is doing. He's stirring up and he's working uh, and building and he's, he's maturing you. And it's, a, it's an amazing, amazing time. Uh, this word submission involves the fear of the Lord, so not the uh, the fear of anybody else. And there's so much to talk about the fear of the Lord. Um, but um, I want to save it for later. I know I kind of flew through this, but um, that's basically it. I pray you guys are encouraged. And uh, <laughs> we continue to go through the word here. There's, there, there is a lot here, um, but I don't want to beat you guys up. I know it says, you know, like in verse 18, do not be drunk with wine uh, in which is dissipation, but be filled with the spirit. And uh, I've, I've heard so many teachings where they just beat people up over and over. And um, I, I think the, the Lord can bring that sweet conviction. And there's just that sweet choice in your heart where a person just says, you know what? I'm going to obey God. I'm going to take heed to what I just heard, and I'm going to uh, obey what the word of God says. I'm going to understand his word, and thus you're going to understand his will, right, And for your life, and you're going to walk in his ways, and you're going to be pleasing to the Lord. And as you are pleasing to the Lord, man, you're walking on high hills, aren't you? It's, it's like, man, when, when you fall into sin and you know you're in sin, Man, it's a horrible lifestyle to live as a Christian because you're like this. You're just, you're burdened and you're broken and you're, you're weighed down because of the sin in your life. But when you choose, just let it go and you rely on God's grace and you hand it to the Lord at the cross and, and you just see what the Lord wants to do. It's a beautiful thing. And so I pray we're encouraged. I know it's, it's kind of seems like, man, it's, but we need that as the church, don't we? Imagine going to church all your life and not getting corrected as, 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 as the church. I've seen kids that have not been corrected. It's like, man, you parents, you know, <laughs> oh, oh, correct your kids already. Oh, but, um, we, I'm thankful that the Lord is able to correct us. And so, Let's pray, and uh, let's give it to the Lord. Lord, thank you so much for this time. Thank you for your word, and uh, may we be obedient to your word. Lord, you said um, to be filled with your spirit, Lord, and it was uh, a command for our our mindset, Lord, to be alert, to be watchful, uh, to be careful in where we're walking spiritually. And so at this time, uh, Lord, I pray you grant us discernment to those who are searching online, looking for uh, sermons, and uh, I pray that you grant us your Holy Spirit. Fill us with your Spirit, Lord. Direct us and guide us that we might not be led to false teachers or to be led towards the world, uh, but to be led closer to your heart, Lord, that we might um, live and breathe, Lord, to, to glorify you, to honor you, Lord, to have a passion, a desire, Lord, to continually worship you in our hearts. And so may we obey uh, what your word says. And I'm just so grateful, so thankful, Father, that you have allowed us, Lord, to, to even hear this message today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.